What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Echoes in the Dark. I am your host, Bloodborne, and we've got some stuff to talk about in The Lord of the Rings Online. Now, first and foremost, uh, as of this recording, it is uh, 1 a.m. Eastern time before Update 23 goes live uh, tomorrow, or actually today, yes, because it is already that time. So uh, servers are going to be going lo- offline in the next several hours, and we're going to get our first look at some of the new regions here. Um, but big thing here is we've got a, a major content update. We have dungeons. We have an increased level cap. We have the Hobbit avatar update. We have uh, the Black Book of Mordor getting two more chapters. And dragons. Yes, we got some dragons coming. So, uh, what is going to be happening here? What what are we looking at? Uh, big deal. I'm just going to read this right out of uh, the article off the webpage. And it is Update 23, Where Dragons Dwell. Update 23 features a journey into the homelands and histories of the dwarves, including the long-beard descendants of Durin the Deathless. Beginning with the expanded Erebor, you will adventure into the fabled Iron Hills and finally arrive in the lost dwarf kingdoms of the Grey Mountains. The Where Dragons Dwell quest pack is free to VIPs and lifetime account members and includes more than 120 quests and deeds, along with three resource instances, a new instance cluster, and releasing soon, a new raid. These new instances are currently available to play up to Tier 2 difficulty, and a new Tier 3 difficulty will be released soon. Tier 3 is a new challenge level that replaces former Tier 2 challenge difficulty and offers a new challenge in addition to new rewards. So a couple big things right there. We're talking about a new tier of difficulty, um, which I'm okay with. That's, That's cool. Is it something that's really needed? I don't know. Um, tier 2 Challenge always had its own modifiers and things like that in the game. If you, if you guys are familiar with how Tier 2 works, um, it basically you take a lot of the same mechanics from a Tier 1 dungeon um, and pretty much any possible stat that a enemy could have is getting multiplied or increased or enhanced to some degree, whether it's the crit rating, their mitigation, the amount of damage that they have, their the amount of health they have, and also there is usually a challenge quest associated with that. Now, um, I did not participate in Bull Roar at all, and for you guys that aren't maybe not familiar with that, that is the um, PTR or the test server or the beta server, Whatever uh, terminology you're familiar with, that is what uh, Lord of the Rings uses. They use the Bull Roar server for their beta, and they use their Palantir server as their, uh, in, well, sort of alpha, I guess you would say, but it's a lot more select group of players and uh, internal testing. But uh, this is one of the first times in a long time that I've not actually participated in beta, and um, I kind of wanted to go into this one fresh, you know, I, I kind of saw some screenshots and, and things and, you know, uh, I'm not terribly surprised at anything, uh, anymore with this game. I mean, it's been around for a long time and, uh, you're going to, you're going to get a little bit of copy paste in some design features, mainly because culture, um, with the Dwarven areas, you're going to get 
things that look and feel probably like Moria, and that's okay. Uh, things like Thorns Hall and Erebor, they're all going to look similar because it's all dwarven culture. That's all right. It's just like you would expect a lot of the things from the race of man to have similar characteristics. You think uh, anytime you have uh, hobbits in a region, the that style, that feel is all going to be there. And then also you're going to have um, things with the elves. Um, may not always be exactly the same, but a lot of the same feel, uh, look, textures, design. That's okay. That's just culture. Um, so I, I did see a little bit of rumblings about that on Twitter. And I'm like, come on, guys. It's, it, it's dwarven culture. It's going to look very similar. You can only do so much with a rock. All right. Okay. Um. But realistically, uh, back to the, the tier three situation with the dungeons, I don't know. I don't know if we need that. Um, the tier two was difficult in a lot of situations, and um, especially three mans. Three mans offered a, a unique challenge just because um, support classes didn't really have a good place in them. And I think that's where a lot of this whole talk about class balance comes into play and what do you, what do you do with something like that? How do you f- how do you make it work when you have you don't have just the Trinity in this game? Uh, what we talk about when we say the Trinity is tank, heals, and DPS. Well, this game was very unique from the get go in having tank, heals, DPS, and support. Um, so making making a dungeon three person having four unique roles eh, kind of makes it challenging. Uh, when the trait trees came out um, further back in, in Rohan, um, that really kind of splintered that even more into. And what I mean by that is it really caused problems for the support classes. They really didn't have a good place. They didn't really fit into a three man because you, you, you had to have a tank when you have to have heals. Well, and if you go with support, you're just going to be in there for a really long time. So you need a DPS. Okay, and this is where the whole thing came about with everybody having a, a pretty strict damage line so that they can quest and, and progress and then have a place in three-man dungeons. Um, I don't know. I think I, I probably would have sprung for a uh, four-man dungeon, personally, and still had the, the six be harder. Um I think they could have made that work with difficulty and scaling and, you know, things like that. But that's neither here nor there because that is so far in the past at this point. There's probably a lot of players that don't even know that was a thing. And that's okay, too. But uh, Tier 3, uh, I'm I'm interested to see what that's like. Um, it does kind of make me think that Tier 1 is going to be so obnoxiously easy that it's just going to be for the sake of doing it really so we'll see how that goes um the fact that we're getting quests deeds uh resource dungeons a new instance cluster and a new raid along with a new difficulty that's a pretty large undertaking for a uh for an update like this where it's not actually an expansion it's just uh what they would consider a content update and this would be like in uh, World of Warcraft, this would be kind of like your dot one update or a dot two update or something like that, where you, you get an additional, <clears throat> excuse me, 
you get an additional landscape or raid or anything like that. So that that's what we're getting in this. Um, we're also getting, like I said, at the very beginning of this, we're getting the additional chapters of the Black Book of Mordor, which started in the Mordor expansion. Uh, this is chapter seven and eight. Um, so I, I do always like to, to dive into the story. And this is something that we will be streaming quite a bit. Um, anytime there's a content update, I'll, I'll be hitting this up. Um, we do have the have uh, the Hobbit Avatar update, which I have. I think I have two Hobbits. I have Bert, and I have uh, what's the other one? Bloodo the burglar. Yes. Um, so I have to check those out, see what that's like. Um, and then we have our level cap increased to one twenty. Um, here's the, the issue I have with a level cap increase, not attached to an expansion. And actually just in general, at this point with the, with the, with the way the game is, people are going to be 120 in about 15 minutes. Um, because what people are going to do is they're already going to have their tomes of exceptional experience, which is a 200% boost. They are going to have their, um, destiny point xp ready to go uh and then they're also going to have their enhanced xp supplies so essentially these guys are going to be running at 300 percent, and they're just going to hop into work pens that's it they'll do that for a couple times and then it'll just be over they'll be 120 and immediately be complaining that they have nothing to do while waiting for everybody else and that's cool. If that's how you want to spend your game time, that's all up to you. And if you want to spend money in the store just to uh, blow through and skip content that developers actually take time to build, uh, go for it, I guess. <laughs> that's all I could say about that is like, I, I will do that kind of stuff on an alt or something to that effect, but I am certainly not going to do that on the first run through. Um, because you're missing out on reputation, you're missing out on uh, meta deed completion, you're missing out on, you know, potentially cool cosmetic drops and things like that. So, uh, in my opinion, that's awfully dumb to do. And I get people that come into the streams all the time that are asking, like, hey, I want to get into the game. How long does it take to get leveled up? Like, what's the fastest way? And I tell almost everybody. Unless you're just flat out wanting to do end game and you don't give a crap about anything else, it just go through the content. There is plenty to do, and I think it's worse going back and doing it when you're over level cap because it's just not fun and it feels even more mundane and boring. So that's my opinion on it. If you are getting into the game now, even being almost 12 years in, uh, do the content. That's what it's there for. Pretty simple, right? Number two is, um, like I said, if you're if you got a bunch of alts and you really don't feel like leveling five whole levels, eh, go for it. First one, at least do it once. Do it once for the devs. Do it once. Um, so it, we get into some some real nitty gritty stuff here with the classes and the balance. Uh, everybody pretty much knows that balance is a very touchy subject in any game, really. 
more specifically multiplayers and even more specifically MMOs. Because you always want your character to feel powerful. You want your character to feel like it's the strongest thing out there. And when you're playing your class and you see something come in, somebody come in that's playing another class that is equally geared as you and just raffle stomping through content. Well, now I want to play that class because they're better. Obviously better as subjective, but you know, in the case of, of damage or whatever the case may be, it looks better. So one of the big things is that they're, um, they're decreasing the mastery cap. And for, for most people, most classes, mastery is just directly correlated to the amount of damage that you do. The cap is actually being reduced from 400% to 200%. This is interesting because this also causes them to have to retool the entire rest of the game because uh, they're making this change and it's retroactive to all levels and all equipment, which they're saying it's supposed to make it easier to get to really decent mastery levels, but a lot harder to peak them and hit the max, which is okay. Um, for, for high DPS classes, uh, well, I guess my champ's not technically high DPS cause they're not in the higher end right now, but as a damage class, um, one of the things that you sacrifice it for going pure damage and going for that glass cannon build, one of the things that you sacrifice is survivability. What this is supposed to do in concept is make it so that I have a lot more room in my gear to go for those survivability things like mitigation or potentially things like evade or crit defense or things like that that I take less damage, maybe don't get hit at all, and, you know, you can't DPS when you're dead, right? So there's that. Um, and this is actually one of the bullet points on the article is that a well-geared DPS build will see a relatively minor change to their average time to defeat a monster. So realistically, uh, you know, if you're in the, if your gear is in the, what is it, 340s, 350s uh, in item level, you should probably not notice a big difference. Um, You may have room to back some of that stuff off in your essences and, and, go with more of the survivability which is good that should balance things out a little bit more a little less stressful on the healers um and depending on how the damage curve goes that could make it a little bit easier on the tanks to hold aggro and stuff which really shouldn't be an issue right now anyway um and then one of the one of the other key changes here is that uh all the gear actually has its stat the way this is worded, all gear has its stats linked from the core rating system, meaning that the gear statting is now more consistent over the level range. Uh, the scaling has been extended to cover the vital stats as well, such as might and vitality. So that's good. Um, smooth out the curve, you know, have that, that progression a little bit easier to do. And they're doing 
they're doing some technical work on the Bjorning under the hood with stats before they do some of the other stuff, it looks like. Because what they're doing is Might is now a more prominent main stat for the Bjornings. It was the main stat, but now it's a more prominent main stat, granting evade and crit in exchange for less resistance, which that's that's not a bad thing. Resistance is kind of one of those uh, off-the-wall stats where there's it's very circumstantial. There's certain things that it matters in, and then there's some things that really doesn't matter at all. Um, fate is granting less crit and no longer grants tactical mastery. So kind of curious to see how that goes unless the tactical mastery is specifically coming off of might um for the healing side of, of bjorning i'm not sure and quite honestly i'm not going to touch bjorning until they get their overhaul that they need desperately because that class i will say it right now is in a terrible place uh i know i know you some of you guys have fun playing them that's fine but they are not in a good place they are not a competitive class Anything that they can do, another class can do better. Plain and simple. Except for turning a bear. They can do that better. Um, champion skill animation delays have been fixed. Uh, apparently there was another bug that was introduced with that, but we'll just have to see how that plays out. Uh, I am curious to see the flow of the champs, since that is my main class. Shing, shing. Uh, lore master pet morale has been adjusted as part of a broader balance pass, their morale pools are lower, but they should have the same level of survivability. Uh, Warden skill delays have been corrected. Okay, so a lot of under-the-hood stuff there. Um, something that you're not going to necessarily see, but ideally that you will feel the difference when you play your classes. Um, some minor notes about crafting in here, which I don't really get into. Um... <laughs> The next thing on the list here is something I really, really don't want to touch, which is, um, ah, screw it. Steel keys, loot boxes, moats of enchantment, embers of enchantment, figments of splendor, all these things. Uh, I just don't like this system. I do not like this system at all. Um, I'm not a fan of loot boxes. Um, I think, I, I guess you kind of need to have them for a free to play model. I don't know. I don't think you do, but, and there's some games, games like, like Overwatch where you, you still get loot boxes and it's a paid for thing. And I don't know. I think loot boxes are just kind of dumb. Um, if, yeah, I, I just, I just think it's a dumb comp concept. Um, put the stuff in the game fix rng so it's competitive and uh put the stuff attached the best gear should come from the raids especially if you don't have a system that really uh works to prioritize any type of pvp then your best stuff should come from the most difficult content period the if i think back to the rift the rift of nur's gashu up in angmar uh, people want to talk about how difficult it is to get gear and how much of a pain RNG is and everything. Okay, well, th think about it like this. Think about old school raiding. And I'm talking about there's no personal loot system. I mean, there is just drops. And depending on the the role system and if your kinship or guild at the time had DKP set up, you had a tough time getting gear. 
but that was okay. That was okay. Because if you were raiding and you went in weekly or you had a set of alts, maybe you did it a couple times. Maybe maybe a couple times a week. Or maybe the raid just came out and you're you're you know doing some progression style stuff and you're working on it a boss at a time or, or something to that effect. Okay, maybe, maybe. Uh maybe it's a little bit more challenging that way. But think about this. You have twelve people that go into a raid and you beat bars, the first boss. And he drops his barter token and you either roll for that or if you have DKP, you say how much DKP you're going to spend and you bid against it or whatever. Okay, 11 people are not getting the the gear piece from that then. And then, oh, what do you, so what do you have in there? What was there? There's bars, Zerm. Um, you had the Fruze. Then you had Narnalabot, and there was, I'm going to skip around here just so I can think of it, but there were the twins, you had Thrang, you had the Balrog, you had uh, Zogtark, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. Maybe not, though. So there's at least eight bosses in there, eight fights. So, you know, one person in, in a DKP system could theoretically just clean up if it was like zero sum or anything like that. But, um, you know, not everybody's going to get gear in that, but that was okay. That was, that was the understood mentality of rating back then. And it wasn't this, well, I, it wasn't a participation award and you, you achieved it together. Not everybody got loot and that was okay. It just made me, well, in this case, it made me want to go, back the next week to do it again to get a piece of gear because i want my character to be the best it can be and and you know what if you're doing it every single week you know there's you know say you do it for a quarter of a year you do it for 13 weeks and you've got eight bosses you get some drops okay and then if you're doing alt runs and stuff like that you know you get some stuff so I I I guess I'm just old school at this point but I I like the old way. You know, I like having a barter token for a piece of gear. You rolled on it or used your DKP and you got your piece and it just made it better for the next time the next run. Um and, and maybe this is a, a cultural shift in MMOs where you know there's just less guild runs less kinship runs and people are pugging more and so there has to be personal loot to prevent people from ninja looting and stuff like that i don't know is that the case what i don't know it was never the case and i never had to worry about that so maybe i added to my list of jaded perspective things that i have i guess but um i like the old way a cash shop should just have cosmetics pets mounts things that give you no real benefit it's just stuff that you know i want to look flashy or special or whatever um that's that's cool um yeah you can put the convenience things in there like xp boosts and stuff like that that's fine obviously they've got their content in there uh what i lord of the rings online uh and the 
super rare chance that they've never heard me say this before and that they actually listen to this podcast. Fix the Lotro point distribution for what your content costs. Right now, you have um, you have content that costs as much as adding a page to your trait trees. That distribution's way off. Reevaluate your stuff. It, it needs a look over. It shouldn't cost seven dollars essentially to add a trait spec. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but this is what I will say. There needs to be a little bit broader scope of content available in the store, meaning there should be an option to fill in the gaps. Essentially. Um, if you look at what some other games are doing right now, if you buy the most recent content, it includes all the previous content. I think that's fair. You've probably made your your money on that previous set of content, and it should be bundled in with, if you're buying the current expansion, then you should get all the prior content. Otherwise, it needs to be drastically reduced in cost. Like, some of the, the cost that you still have to pay for uh, Helm's Deep is ridiculous. Um you're paying almost a triple a title for helms deep alone that's not right reevaluate your cost um unless you're still paying artists from them uh, i don't know i don't i don't get it but the that's one of the hardest things so uh if you guys remember back in uh the early part of the year i was working on something on arkenstone to really bring people that may not have been involved in raiding or doing dungeons and stuff like that, bring some of these people out and, and get them into this environment and see if we can, you know, we were carrying people, whatever. And the problem became very, very quickly. Ultimately, this is why we didn't do it. The problem became people just don't have content. And that is a huge problem with a free to play game is Especially when you have all this a la carte pricing, people are like, well, I only need, I just need this content because I'm leveling through Gondor right now. Or I only need this thing because I want the Throne of the Dread Terror raid. You know, like there needs to be something that is a lot more clear and concise when purchasing the content so that people can just be up to date and make sure they have everything. Um, and I really think that if if you go in and buy, this is my opinion, if you go in and buy Mordor right now and you have an ap- active subscription, you should have every bit of content this game has to offer. I think you will have more people playing it, you will have more people accessing it, and you have made your game infinitely more accessible. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some underlying business reason other than money that i'm completely oblivious to as i am with most things i take things at face value a lot of times and at face value they need to make it so that if you purchase mordor now you get all prior content you can still buy all that stuff too if you want to but like it needs to be kind of buried and the focal point needs to be that you can 
buy Mordor, get all the current content, and you're up to speed. And if you pay your sub, you're good. You can play anything in the game that you want to. That just needs to happen. If you drop your sub, okay, then you can uh, figure out what comes out of that. I don't, I don't know. I haven't thought that far because I think if, if honestly thinking about it out loud right now, I'm thinking if you have that content accessible where everybody's got all the stuff and they just have Mordor in their in their monthly sub, then they have more incentive to keep the sub active and play. But that's a player's perspective. That's not a business person's perspective or a dev's perspective. So, yeah, poke holes in it because I know people will. That's okay. That's okay. These are my opinions, and that's why I do this. Um, a lot of the other stuff that's listed on here is just um, kind of your typical updates on, you know, if there's quests. Oh, um, the featured instance rotation. I do like this setup right now. Dome of Stars, Silent Street, Keys of Harland, Blood of the Black Serpent, School at Thom Myrdine, and Heligrod Spiderwing. That is a solid rotation, and I really like that one. Um, the thing that I will say about the featured instance that I would really like to see is that with the instance finder, I would rather not have to, if I'm doing the featured instance, if I'm doing the featured instance, let me queue into it. I don't want to have to find a group through chat or have a pre-made already and then queue into it. That needs to be in the instance finder portion where you can just click on your your role and then just get put into a group. You can set your challenge, you know, if you want to do tier two or the, the challenge version of it, whatever the case is, that's fine. But I think that would get a lot more use out of it. And you could still do the you pre-made and all that. That's cool, too. But I really think that it'd be a really sweet update if you could just open the instance finder, hit uh, featured instance, select your role, enter Q, and go. I think a lot more players would be interested in it. A lot more people would get to experience it which is the ultimate goal for any content is players experiencing it. Make it accessible to anybody who even doesn't have a guild, um, you know, and, and make it, uh, you could even do some level bracketing in there so that, you know, people within five levels of each other can get put in the same group and it'll work as long as it's not the uh, level cap. I think that would all work great. Um, Oh, there's a um, there's a bassoon now. Yay, instruments. That is one side of this game I've really never gotten into. And uh, it's different. That is a uh, different, different, different side of this game. By the way, uh, two more trade points. Uh, one is just awarded right out of the gate when you hit 120. And then there's another one that is tied to the Black Book of Mordor. So that brings the total to a whopping 91 trait points. Woof. That is a little daunting coming in as a new player. And then also, uh, legendaries uh, getting five. I'm going to say five levels each. So, yeah, 
Yeah, or you have to put another 70 Scrolls of Empowerment on just a, a main set. That's pretty cool. Uh, and that's what really worries me is this level cap increase, stat changes, uh, legendary increase, trait increase. Like, it, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. Um, We'll see what happens once this all goes live and people start really working through it. Because that has been my biggest criticism of Boror and Palantir and all that stuff is there's just not enough people that that participate. So Palantir is really like Alpha Zero. Boror is like Alpha One. And then the iterations of that. And then really your 23.0 is going to be your beta. And then 23.1 is going to be your live. I mean, realistically, that's that's how I feel about a lot of the current updates is because people really just don't participate in beta. And that that's all right. That's that's fine. Um, but the one other thing is that they are adding some changes to the the launcher. They're getting rid of uh, Akamai Net Session and going to just the uh, HTTP download. So that should be a little bit better, a little bit smoother, hopefully. Um, maybe not take as long. There's also a repair tool in there that'll actually let you fix your DAT files, um, which is basically just wiping it and reinstalling it without having to go um, get the probably out-of-date launcher, update the launcher, download the game again, go through all that mess. You're keeping all the same stuff. It's just the same launcher. You're just erasing the DAT files and doing a clean install from the launcher instead of having to do all the other junk. So I think that's all cool. Um, a couple other little known issues and stuff like that, but uh, you guys can read the the bulk of the patch notes from there. Um, all in all, I think it's going to be a, a decent update. Um, I, I'm still personally a little hung up on the loot box junk. Just I don't like it. I will never like it. You can't sell me on it. Um, I use them when I have keys and boxes because they're in my inventory. I might get something cool out of it that I can use, but that's it, you know? Um, so we'll have to see how this all, all plays out. Um, I will be, I will be streaming it and everything. So we'll see how, uh, how you guys like it. I always love talking to you guys live in chat and then, um, see how, how we go from there. Um, we still have, are missing some of the updates to some of the other classes that are needed. The Bjorning overhaul is still missing. Um, and that was a criticism I had of this update coming out when it did is why do a level cap increase when you have classes that you haven't touched and the updates aren't part of this increase? That would have made perfect sense having a level cap increase and tying some of the changes into that as a progression move that would make sense they're not doing that though is there something else that we don't know about probably but from an outsider's perspective looking in that would have been the perfect opportunity to make some of these changes and some of these changes may be precursor changes the things that we're talking about like the mastery changes and uh the stat changes and the rating changes Maybe that all has to be done first before they can do some of these other class changes that they want to do. We'll see. 
But uh, like I said, they're adding levels, legendary stuff, trait points. Um, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for the developers. It's a lot of work for the players. So we'll we'll have to, like I said, we'll have to see how it goes. Um, that's really all I have about for this particular episode of the podcast because I know this one was going to be pretty uh, update twenty three heavy. So next week we'll kind of do a little bit of a recap, see how it is. Um, but let's see, I think, um, on, on the world of Warcraft side, we just, uh, wrapped up, uh, I think, yeah, yesterday I was able to complete old deer on normal eight out of eight, which I'm happy with. I'm not like super crazy into the, the raid side of that. I'm always more into the arena side, but, uh, raid was good. It's fun. And, um, I think 8.1 update 8.1 for wow is on PTR this week. So they're probably like two, three, maybe four weeks tops out on that update, which is bringing another raid and, and some changes. So I'm glad I was able to get old Ear done and out of the way before, um, siege of Zoldazar comes in and yeah. So again, a couple of little housekeeping things. Make sure that you guys are sharing this out. Uh, I always love feedback, positive, negative. Like I said, I can handle it. If you want to shoot me an email, bloodbornemmo at gmail.com uh, with any feedback, that's awesome. Uh, make sure you're you're coming over to the Twitch streams. Uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more frequent with that. It's usually Monday through Thursday and Saturday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash bloodborne. Um, make sure you're following me over on Twitter at bloodborne is the handle now. And then, um, I haven't really done stuff on the YouTube side or Facebook side in a long time. Ultimately I'll get back to that at some point, but it's kind of dormant at this point. And, um, make sure you're hitting up all the links that are actually on the social media stuff, because if you've got links to, to discord and stuff like that, uh, it's another spot that you can leave me feedback. Just send me a DM on there. Send me a DM on Twitter. Uh, any which way that you want to get in touch with me, that's cool. And and leave feedback. Uh, if you guys have suggestions for topics you want to cover in this show, uh, in some of the coming weeks, we're going to have some people on here. Uh, if you guys remember Squirrely Fro, uh, he wants to come on and talk about some Destiny, which I am uh, I'm excited to talk about Destiny. I always have a soft spot for that game. I've liked it since I played Destiny 1. Um I came in late in, De- in uh, Taken King, but, uh, you know, with Forsaken being out, I- I'd like some perspective on it and-, and see where people are feeling the game is at right now. And try to think if there's any other little tidbits I don't want to drop on you guys real quick. Oh, uh, November 3rd, Extra Life. Extra Life's going to be pretty big. We already did one back in August. Uh, I was convinced and coerced into doing yet another one. So we actually are going to do one on November 3rd. We're going to be starting at 9 a.m., and going to 9 a.m. on Sunday, November 4th. Um, so mark your calendars for that. You guys, come out for that. Um, don't have to do anything crazy. You don't if you you can donate if you want to. You don't have to. Just being there supporting the stream is awesome, and I, I greatly appreciate it. All the proceeds that are going into Cincinnati Children's Hospital, which we've already raised uh, $2,500 for this year, and we're looking to tack on quite a bit more uh from this one so um again that's gonna be on november 3rd starting at 9 a.m eastern time 
So mark your calendar for it. Guys, that's it for me for this episode. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite things like Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. That's going to do it for me. Hope to see you guys again soon. Later.